0: Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Populant, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7, Burning... Burden. <laughs> okay, I had to open the screen to see that. And today we are with Meg and Leslie, and they will say hi.
1: Hi, I'm Leslie. You may have seen me hanging around Patreon offering plot theories on a Midnight Poppyland and the Surer's Bride, and... Purple Hyacinth, happy to be
2: here. Hi, my name's May. I've only been on a couple podcasts, but um, it's becoming a guilty pleasure discussion time, and I'm really enjoying it. So looking forward to this episode. Thank
0: you so much. So we opened this episode with Lauren coming to the police station right after her almost deadly encounter with the assassin, um, where after which she found out he was a Purple Hyacinth. She goes home and has this um, pretend... Closure. Pretend uh, shutting off the door to ten years of obsession. Next try, Lauren. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's too early in the plot for this. Too yeah. early in the plot for closure. Psych. <laughs> it's, like it's episode six,
2: honey. You got a lot more to go. <laughs> yep.
0: And we see this beautiful building. It's um, I don't know much about architecture, but there's like Roman columns in the Ionic style. Okay, I, I really don't know which style they're in, but I, I, think I could go. Everything okay, <laughs> yeah. So I have no idea. I did I did read one book about architecture and I, you know, knew it for about five seconds after reading it, but I've forgotten everything since. So, but it's, a, it's a nice building.
2: It's, um, city, art house is based off of,
0: oh, or like, I, so. I never heard anything about it, but it could I be get, that I it was get, mentioned before I became a fan.
1: Yeah, I get like hybrid London Paris vibes. Yeah, same. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Sophism is probably if she is hearing this just like i just it was just pretty
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know i did hear an interview where um they said someone asked them like where the idea for purple hyacinth came from and they actually said that the they weren't they like the aesthetic and the aesthetics came first like the the fake victorian sort of Mm victorian-ish both the buildings and the costumes came before the plot so she probably did think it was pretty (laughs)
1: probably I bet there's also something like it has straight lines and therefore it's simpler to do in SketchUp. Yes.
0: So it's a nice building, you know, ornate, nice government building uh, with these large, looks like glass doors with wooden frames and the logo of the police department in front. And she is, Lauren's walking in. Oh my gosh, I just noticed the the guard or the person sitting by the desk looks like um Christ Schaefer, the the bomber at the the theater in the first in the prologue.
1: Oh Doesn't yeah, looks like
0: him. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little bit, a little
2: bit.
0: <laughs> He's that same cap and the mustache and like the hook nose.
2: I just thought he looked
1: asleep, but <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> he also looks asleep.
0: Great security right from the start. <laughs> So she walks in and she is walking into this room, which we'll we'll see a lot of over the whole course of this story. We have a whole bunch of people at their offices, sorry, at their desks, um, sharing this office space. Lauren removes her mask. She says, good morning, everyone. And then we have this cute, adorable little woman saying, hello, Officer Sinclair. And that is, she is called, no less, cute secretary, Lila DeRoses.
1: And I love her. She is my precious sunflower.
2: <laughs> I think I called her the human embodiment of a cupcake. Well, that, is,
1: that is correct.
0: <laughs> well, given the, the, the poetic principle that you must suspect those that you should least suspect, I think we should all be very suspicious of Lila. <laughs>
2: <gasps> this is offended. This is offended written right here. <laughs>
0: I'm not one of those people who suspect I'm like very much like a straight reader I'm like oh they look nice they must be nice but after spending a lot of time with the purple hyacinth fans I've been told this is a bad theory and I should suspect everybody at least once so here it is you I'm suspect suspecting everybody dirt.
1: it's purple hyacinth like <laughs> moral relativity is the central theme of the plot but also something has to be sacred <laughs> and it has to be Lila <laughs> Oh, well time so will tell ending. she doesn't get hurt she is a pure cupcake she is the one inkling of like irrefutable goodness in this plot and i will die on that hill I the way. It. She she could be <laughs> yeah if well. she turns out to be a villain one of whatever electronic device i am reading on will be broken
2: <laughs> something will be broken i that i, I just She's just. She's gonna. You know. She's gonna make Lucas happy, and they're one day they're gonna get married and have beautiful babies, and that's that's that. The
1: grump and the cupcake. The grumpy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that I'm a little improbable about, but we can discuss that. I don't know if this is if there's any hint of that direction, but we can just do it anyway.
2: <laughs> Mindy, Mindy, don't shoot down my hopes and dreams. You, you gotta you walk
1: into an office and there's a bubbly one and there is a grumpy one. They must fall in love. It doesn't Shut matter. Up any chemistry it doesn't matter if it's canonical it doesn't matter if they don't talk to each other for the entire length of the series <laughs> they must they must kiss
0: that's what panic <laughs> is for right <laughs> Wish moment <laughs> so lila being adorable is introduced and um lauren says hi and then we have the grumpy one as you were just mentioning who just says Hmph, his face is perpetually dark his name is officer lucas grumpy cat randall i actually thought this was kieran at first i was like why is kieran in the office and why is nobody mentioning this Then i realized it must not be him but <laughs> but which actually is kind of a little bit of a foreshadowing for what happens later but anyway <laughs> so uh sorry <laughs> busting it <everybody. laughs> and um lucas says i swear to god if i have to greet another human being this morning somebody might die and this is not a lie.
1: Relatable, relatable. I have that feeling every time I walk into like Tech Weekend. I'm just like, if anybody says hi to me, I'm they're gonna die. <laughs> I left this theater at 12:30 in the morning, and it's now eight. Don't talk to me. That's me. <laughs> I relate to him deeply.
2: I feel like Lucas, yeah. out of all everybody, is most likely to be a vampire. Lucas <laughs> is
1: the only person who, like, is in touch with reality. I think. You know everybody else is sunny and like ah office dynamics and it's funny he's just like i hate oh he's he's the one who's watching it all happen she's like i hate you all we're so behind on paperwork and it's all your fault
0: <laughs> uh, it's funny and then we see kim and kim is excited when she sees lauren she says lauren um and then she of course acts all dramatic and she's like whoa it's me oh help with me my lady I don't know if I can do this anymore. And we have Will in the background. You already can kind of see his <laughs> words. Like, my soul aches from lack of sleep. And Will is not tolerating this. And he's like, shape up and stop whining. Slapping that paper on his wrist. <laughs> and, and yeah, he's like, Lauren and I slept just as much as you did. And we're perfectly fine. And Kim corrects him. She's like, "Lauren, wrong. Lauren never sleeps. Which we will
2: learn is definitely very true
1: doesn't sleep she doesn't eat so
2: basically don't format your life habits off of lauren because this is a fictional character and you would actually be dead within like a couple days like there's no way yeah concussion she's up and running no safety precautions no seat belts. she will definitely not wear a seat belt so is can't be confirmed.
1: fairly quickly convinced by an assassin to just like hang out with him
2: yeah, goes to a cave. I mean, zero killer cave, cool. Lauren's oh on. Oh my gosh, thank
1: you. <sighs> Don't use Lauren as a template for your life choices. We will look sure on with admiration and fictional character. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Even when she went to meet him, well, we'll see. But yes, I totally agree. It was very rash. <laughs>
2: Stranger danger, Lauren. Stranger danger. <laughs> yep
0: and you know it's interesting because I think maybe in a sense her um her ability to see lies might give her a confidence that she really shouldn't have
1: that's a really good point
0: no I mean she feels we know that she rushes into things that's already mm-hmm. you know we've seen it for sure and obviously her obsession blinds her and like makes her do things that she maybe shouldn't do or that she should think twice before doing but yeah I think maybe that also she's like well I know that they're not lying neglecting to kind of think about the fact that you know what she already knows that they could be omitting truths or they could be believing things that aren't true which she knows intellectually but i do think that she maybe is a little overconfident because of that
2: mm-hmm. a bit oh. narrow-minded so she misses stuff if it's not a lie it goes in one ear and out the other that is a good point
0: yeah. No, right very hyper focused for sure she can forget like other things and Kim is now you know standing stretching in front of the open window a lot of sunlight coming in um at at least it's a perfect day for patrolling and running after good for nothing (laughs) and you know Will is picking up this giant stack of paperwork he's like "Hmm, patrol what about all your unfinished paperwork and Kim is like (laughs) only time we
1: will ever see Kim look afraid (laughs) the entire series 200 episodes only only paperwork shakes her
2: yep Shivering. And I would just like to say that her standing in front of that window to this day is still one of my favorite panels in the whole series. It's just, she's so relaxed. She's just, you know, kind of stretching and it's just a beautiful panel and I love it.
1: Yeah. Sophism really, really knocks it out of the park with the lighting. Like, yeah. captures the mood so well. And yeah, also, Kim is happy. <laughs> Kim is relaxed. Things are kind of fine. Things are not all on fire yet. <laughs> the happy panels, people,
0: yeah, you know she would be doing the same thing even when things are on fire, and that's what we like about Kim. What She's what like just about. always has this ability to you know whether or how much of it reflects her inner reality we're we're not quite sure, but she puts out that happiness and that joy and that you know lack of like caring and pretends as that everything is okay, <laughs> yeah, she
1: brings the whole room up with her, mhm. Yeah, and
0: I've known people like that in real life, and it's really cool to see. They
1: are, they are people that the world needs.
0: Yep. So, uh, upon seeing this giant pile of paperwork, she decides that, oh no, I have such a terrible headache. I feel like I'm going to faint. And Will's like, Liddell, I didn't know you had such an obvious talent for acting. <laughs> you considered a career change. You might do better there.
1: <laughs>
0: Their banter is hilarious.
1: I, it- I- go ahead go ahead no i that was just sort of in inarticulate like (laughs) kim will banter gives me a reason to wake (laughs) up in the morning (laughs) (laughs) honestly
2: this whole part of the chapter um i think it's great that they took the time to establish all the characters in the office and establish the office dynamic between all these different types of people and not only was it funny and comedic But it also, like we remembered Lila and we remembered Lucas and we very much know what Will and Kim's relationship is like just off of this little interaction. And I just, I love that they took the time to build that up because not every story does that.
0: Hyson has a lot of side characters. It's not just focused on a couple of main characters and that really makes the story a lot richer. There's also, Mm -hmm. there's so many different personalities and you know, that reflects reality. Like life has a lot of different kinds of people. So it's nice to see that variety. Absolutely. <laughs> so now, um, Will's, sorry, Kim's radio crackles and someone calls her and she says, present. And then someone says, you are requested at the shooting range in 45 minutes. You'll be replacing Sergeant Collins, supervising the firearm and examination. And she's like, yes, sir, I will be there. And she is very excited about this. She winks and she's like, what a shame, Lieutenant. I think my acting career will have to wait. Looks like a certain someone and their awesome skills are still needed here. <laughs> And then she does this, like
1: oh. the other best panel in the comic.
2: <laughs> Wait, the the tongue coming out or the the, the glaring panel? Yeah, the because they're both they're both great.
1: They're they're both great, but Kim sticking her tongue out at her superior officer and making <laughs> them, like both incredibly attracted to her and also just incredibly mad. And Will is not. Equipped to engage with either of those feelings, so you can just hear like a circuit breaker go off in his brain before it all breaks.
2: Yeah, like William Hawks is not responding.
1: Yeah, like system reboot needed. (laughs) Have you tried turning him off and back on again? (laughs) The only thing is that him is not around. Um, (laughs) You know,
0: it's funny. um, I'm sorry.
2: character insert that they mentioned i noticed like he's the side character that they mentioned i don't think we've ever seen officer collins like he's mentioned several times throughout this whole webtoon i don't think we've ever seen him <laughs>
0: oh, wait where else is he mentioned that's pretty that's a good memory yeah, i don't remember another officer Collins. Yeah, i did a
2: reread and i noticed it's <laughs> like a side character he's like <laughs> it's always collins it's collins 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 he's he's the he's a side character that we never
1: see He's First the dickest sync machina when you need to get a character like off screen doing something <laughs> else for a plot to happen. It could be like like a fandom activity, scavenger hunt to see if anybody ever like can find Officer Collins.
2: Actually, I have the head con head cannon that he's a ginger. <laughs>
1: okay. Right. <Ten laughs> <Fine>. Cool.
2: Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so cool what everyone notices. Like um. I've been listening to to inspirational and just seeing all the interesting details that he notices, and it's just really cool um, to see like how every mind picks up on different things. I'm just like all about the relationships and the feelings, Um, but yeah, I did not notice Collins.
2: (laughs) So now Will about the feelings. You write a whole story about a dream, and you're you're about the feelings. What what? (laughs) (laughs) That dream was very feeling oriented,
0: (laughs) and feeling as in like feeling oriented. Thank God my husband isn't jealous of 2D characters. Although I will say, I do not have a crush on Kieran. He's too young for me. He's only 24, and I'm 31. It's too young. (laughs) I just like, you know, just like looking at him. That's all.
1: (laughs) You you can appreciate a pretty person.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. I like
1: how your justification is he's too young, not he's a mass murderer. Well, but then again i think anybody in like the comic side of the universe knows that if mass murder like is a disqualifier then you can't then there's nobody left <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah copy pastel wrote made this really cute comic with that and if you've seen it she just published it today so you can check it out on her instagram it's basically this theme it's really cute
1: <laughs> oh my- i think i saw that with um at Nomen. At Nomen, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep yep (laughs) yeah I crushed like almost exclusively
2: on 2d characters so except that and Chris Pine and there we go
1: (laughs) I mean in fairness like male 2d characters are so frequently written by women that they just like are not that you you get to have like idealized maleness without any of the problems that real life maleness tends to come with
0: so, so you know how we uh, women always joke about how male writers write females, and they're like, "Oh, like her boo was perked perkily up the steps, right?" Uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there are men sitting there reading how men are depicted and written by women. They're like, "What are they talking about? They're crazy."
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, like what I notice about all of this is that generally, like, women-led comics or productions. Like the ID like the 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 ideal man as written from the female gaze is like overhuman like it errs on the side of overhumanized as opposed to like over sexualized like over yeah. you know the 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 presentation of that person as a sexual object tends to come secondary in in importance or even in just in screen time to that person listening and being present and respecting mm-hmm. boundaries and like being in touch with their emotions and seeing the, the the female protagonist as an important person or the female like lead and so if there are men reading thinking this is so unrealistic well, start taking notes honey
0: <laughs> actually one of my one of my the funniest lines was um, when one somebody in the Midnight Poppyland fan group wrote, she read aloud to her husband, the episode, it was like the last episode where um, Tora kissed Poppy and he's like, oh Christ, you take you taste like fucking heaven. Sorry for my cursing. And then her husband snorted and he's like, no man, whatever. So he's like, oh, that was written by a woman. And she was like, take notes. <laughs> so it was hilarious. I'll always remember that. But actually, Leslie, I was, I was talking with, I mentioned to Meg and some other people yesterday if I, I don't remember because I've said this a couple of times, that I've noticed that the, the Purple Hyacinth fandom is not at, as um, sexualizing and like r- lustful as the Midnight Populine fandom. Like very, 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 very much not. Uh, and I found that very, very interesting to see because the Midnight Populine fandom is like extremely blatant about yeah. their physical attraction and the Purple Hyacinth fandom not not as much, like very much not. Um, occasionally they'll say like, oh, he's gorgeous, but uh, they kind of do the same thing for the women characters just mm-hmm. as much and um and it's not very sexual it's like it doesn't get that far so i i think a lot of it was maybe age i mean we're I also fact that, like that it's a I mystery i
1: think also how i think a lot of it is also how the creators present their work on the non-webtoon platforms you know mm. like lily is, is is just very upfront about um just, like, the sexualization of her characters on her Patreon, she just enjoys promoting and having her work framed in that way, because that's, like, what is part of her artistic identity, and yes, I think that a lot... I don't I don't know even that... Because, like, there are definitely, like, high schoolers in both fandoms, but there are also, like, a lot of, like, 30 and ups in the Midnight Poppyland fandom who've mm-hmm. had time to, like get over you know being 15 where (laughs) everything's like taboo and everything's weird and like oh gosh people talking about sex um Mm -hmm. but also i think that that sophism and and ephemeris like they're also they present offline both as younger it's not in the genre like if this this is this might have romantic elements, but it's like not a romance you know yeah. Yeah. and they present this entire story as you know reader tears like don't get attached, I'm gonna hurt you and then crack posts. You know, they, yeah. I think they really enjoy presenting this entire story as you know manicness as having a character canonically named grumpy Cat um, attach. <laughs>
2: I mean, they de- They describe themselves as cult leaders, so, exactly. I mean.
1: And I think it just, it puts that people's brains in that frame of mind the second they're, like, two episodes in, you know? Yeah.
2: And the way the characters are drawn, too, there's a definite um, change there. If you look at the style of Purple Hyacinth versus Midnight Poppyland, mm-hmm. um, the style is completely different. And honestly, it's more of, I'm trying to find the right word for it, um,
1: colors it's grungier
2: yeah it's and it's it's harder to like focus on uh uh I don't want to (laughs) like it's it's harder to focus on uh the physical qualities of each individual character for one typically they're wearing more clothes than purple hyacinth um (laughs) (laughs) so I mean the, the eye candy and the and the simping and all that usually comes from the character's personalities rather than their physical attractiveness
1: Exactly, and I think Sophism also tends to draw them a little bit more stylized. Yeah, so I notice that her panels tend to be really, really uh, gesture-heavy. You know, you never, you almost never see like all of a person just like mm-hmm. there, except for in sort of exposition-type stuff. Like yeah. That. Whereas, um, in a less action-oriented plot, like like Midnight Poppyland, where the central engine of the story is the chemistry between these two people like yeah they're they're looking at each other they're sizing up what the other person looks like and of course Lily's personal style is really embraces warmth and softness and skin tones and smooth textures and sophism is like cinematic lighting and grunge
2: yeah that is the
0: perfect way to put it elegance you know I was thinking about um (laughs) because I've been reading webtoons for a while I was like oh wouldn't it be nice if I did a webtoons and I was thinking about what kind of style and I was like I really I like being realistic but I love I love the fact that you can immediately tell when something is purple hyacinth and it has this just beauty that I would love to be able to not I wouldn't I don't want to say replicate but also have a like a beauty like more like a it's, it's a little bit like it's like just you know, like when you see a Monet or when you see a Van Gogh, it has a style and they all look the same and you can tell that it's their work. So I just like that idea of like, it's some interesting way of presenting it.
2: So I think every creator wants that style though. They want to be able to have someone look at their work, whether you're a writer or an artist and be able to say, oh, that's me. Like, and it's, I think it's amazing. Like, um, For example, Jane Austen, like, people have tried to replicate her work. They can't. It is so iconically Jane that there's no doing it over. And I think everybody wants to strive for that, and I think Purple Hyacinth is very unique from that standpoint. You look at it and you know who drew it. Yep.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, going back to the gorgeous lighting and drawing, we see our beautiful Will's face with, again, light and shadow on him. And he asked Lila, he's like, could you please put this pilot paperwork on Ladell's desk when she comes back? I would really appreciate it. And you get just tell he's putting on the charm because Lila is blushing and she's like, ooh, with pleasure, Lieutenant. Oh, so like,
1: well, we'll know that he's starting on the charm. He definitely is, but is he aware? Um, I don't know, maybe not.
2: Maybe he's just naturally charming. <laughs> As I have a cute baby brother who knows he's a cute baby brother, he knows. He definitely. knows what those baby blues does. He knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's right. His eyes are blue. Nope.
2: What? Well, you never noticed. I did
1: not notice.
2: <laughs> you see, that's how
0: not lustful we are here.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's how not lustful for Will you are here, I guess.
1: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, Kim is. Gripping her radio oh, very tightly Kim. because right. Lila has this giant, massive paperwork and it's just I take it back. Day.
1: Will knew exactly what he was doing and he was doing it for this purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take it all back.
0: Kim is is being angry. Lauren is enjoying the show, and she tells Lucas they're completely adorable this morning, aren't they? So she always enjoys this spectacle. Lucas, who perpetually has a shadow on his face, he just has his own personal forest, says, I wish it was illegal to be that energetic <laughs> right and the hair over his eyes. And then he tells them we have a meeting in the um, break in the reframe room. you better go before I request you three as my next shooting practice targets. After that, you'd be silent forever. <laughs>
2: You just see the longing in his eyes. <laughs> I imagine him saying this so sincerely, too. Like, he'll be silent forever. Like, he's longing for it.
1: <laughs> and you can you can hear the dial-up noises in the rest of the room. I, I don't know if that's what Sophism is trying to translate when she does the dot, dot, dots, or if, like, that's what's supposed to be in my brain when I read that in a comic, but every time... I, I hear like 2004, I'm trying to use the computer while my friend's dad is on the phone, dial-up noises.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's been a long time since I've heard those noises.
1: <laughs> Thinking about the artists, I
2: don't think that's what they were intending, but...
0: <laughs> it works, though.
2: It does work. It does work. <laughs> Just
0: like and one thing that I love is like the... I mean, this is something that I guess a lot of comic people artists do and I just wasn't really familiar with comics before I started reading webtoons but where you switch from the normal art style to this like cutesy art style when Mm -hmm. the expressions have to be extremely dramatic and it's just adorable like it becomes simple it becomes like emoji style and it's just uh, so funny (laughs) so they're in the briefing room and (laughs) you know it's so funny the first thought that came to my mind when looking at these chairs I was like oh are they social distancing (laughs) because there's like space between the chairs like okay this is coronavirus inspired anywho it's just funny <laughs> ah! <laughs> all right um so captain herman walks in he says good morning to all and then he says as many of you know two high priority citizens were murdered last night in the 11th precinct uh, we are dealing with the purple hyacinth again thanks to officer sinclair we now know he is male around five nine tall and 20 to 30 years old so okay nice we have a height for, also for... like karen's short <laughs> i'm not short it's just i mean
1: okay right. never
0: mind i uh, maybe not I'm, I'm jewish jewish men are not tall so i mean i'm married to a very tall man but he wasn't born jewish so that doesn't count but yeah so in my world five nine is not that tall short <laughs>
1: okay take it back
2: <laughs> sorry <laughs> I just I can't look at these and think Herman is drawn like a horse in this chapter. Like the lines, the jaw, like the big mouth. I I can't unsee it. Like he's just so sincerely ugly in these (laughs) panels. I don't think he's ugly. I I don't think anyone in this comic is
0: ugly except for the the butler. I don't don't think Herman's ugly I think honestly every single person I've seen in this comic is just is nice looking
2: Ugly, just like the way he those couple panels for some reason like the way he's talking or whatever like I think horse face. that's all I can think (laughs) okay (laughs) that's fine
0: well I haven't found a Herman Simper yet so I don't think you're hurting anyone's feelings
2: (laughs) a Herman Simper (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) hello people have their taste you never know (laughs) Uh, yeah i guess not all right i'll take it
0: back so he says the castle's already been alerted and we're awaiting more specific directives from the chief of police um who happens to be lauren's uncle (laughs) um sorry he also also says he's surely gone back to hiding report anyone acting suspiciously who matches this description and they're like yes sir and then lauren thinks to herself she says well except that isn't all i know about him i've seen his beer face i know exactly what it looks like and where he'll be tonight and we're so close to catching him and this is something you know she's really struggling with like should I out him or not and it's um if she outs him she kind of loses her chance to take down the purple highest the 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 phantom scythe and she knows what he said is true like if he actually gets locked up which that already is doubtful they're not going to get any information out of him so it's a big conflict for her and crazy that she's even thinking this way, but understandable. You know, it's actually interesting because um, all of Lauren's flaws, I didn't realize them the first time around that I was reading it because um, Lauren has a lot of the traits that I personally admire. I love stubborn people. I love people who are action oriented. I love people who take matters into their own hands. I love people who are passionate. And it took me the second time reading around and, and hearing the fandom talk about her to kind of realize that she was taking these traits to an extreme and um, and that she was making decisions out of emotion rather than being thought through. So it's interesting to to be able to like reevaluate all her choices and thoughts with that perspective.
1: Yeah, she can really lose the forest for the trees sometimes
0: mm-hmm. So now we found out this very interesting detail, which we um are kind of a little nervous about and will probably uh, be very important. He says, also by the end of this week, I want volunteers to work security for B Count right, Redcliffe's annual ball on February 17th. And I'm always, I always think of Radcliffe for some reason. i trying to remember which character is Radcliffe. But, anyways, Radcliffe, not Radcliffe. so we've seen him yet. What?
2: I don't think no. we see him in the
0: comic yet. We have we have not.
1: No, like the comic is still on. We're like we're still two months away from that ball. We're still in like yeah. years in the chronology.
2: And seeing how we've spent like two seasons and like um a, in a month, I, I it's gonna be a while. <laughs>
0: be a while. Um, yeah, I mean it was at least two months, um, in terms of. But anyway, it's not really relevant to this podcast. But it is at least two months because they mentioned that it's been a time span of two months. <laughs> So anyhow, um, his right hand, his majesty's right hand, uh, Lord Ramzell has personally requested our public presence at the event, which is also something like to be, hmm, okay. I'm,
1: yeah, reading this, I'm thinking, ah, I think the fandom forgot about this in the two seasons, and um, I suspect, I see a season arc, I see a season finale happening on February 17th in the room with all the nobles.
0: Yep, many high-profile nobility are people are supposed to be there. That's the, the benefit of rereading it after having caught up. And I don't want to, like, spoil what is going to happen, but I'm pretty sure this is a very important piece of information.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that said, I don't think, is. I mean, just as someone who lurks on the Discord and just watches a lot, I don't think they miss anything, honestly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes, there are a lot of theories out there <laughs> many of which I don't agree with but but I, I do yeah. appreciate the uh, the very strong attention the dedication
2: is real yeah and
0: um if you notice Will and Kim and Lauren are sitting together which is nice um Lauren has her head in her hands because she is still in her crisis mode <laughs> and he says if you do decide to volunteer know that as representatives of the art Hollis Police Department, your performance there must be impeccable <laughs> he slaps the podium that's all for today you are dismissed and they're like yes sir and Lauren is still thinking to herself she thinks he's the purple hyacinth he probably suspects that I won't come alone maybe it's a trap okay and this is all reasonable she's like maybe huh, of course it's a trap he knew about me even if he wasn't lying I don't trust his little deal for a second and Will says all right everyone listen up on the next those on the next patrol round follow me we'll go through the, the itinerary for this morning and Lauren says excuse me William, I'll be back in a few minutes and she rushes over to Herman and you know it's interesting Meg I didn't know what she was gonna do but when I was reading your novel version I was like oh okay I kind of like understood better what her her thought process was I didn't catch it around the first time and she apparently has made a decision to kind of out him because she says I she thinks I have to make sure they catch him tonight somehow how am I ever going to explain any of this and she starts, but she's like, Captain Herman, I was um, thinking about Dolorosa's La murder last night, and I came up with a few theories, which might be useful to the investigation. But Herman is not interested. He says, Officer Sinclair, by the looks of the bags under your eyes, you have—I have no doubt—you spent the entire night obsessing, obsessing over this and concocting many theories. Err, ouch. Um, sad but true.
1: Purple hyacinth <laughs> fandom can't relate. What? Purple Hyacinth fandom can't relate. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was going to say you can send that quote directly to the fandom and have it apply to half of them. <laughs> Everybody can get ta- get it'll be tattooed.
0: <laughs> and he does complimentary says as always your attention to details and analytical perception on any crime scene is remarkable. However, clack of his feet, <laughs> I must remind you that you are, there is a no reason you aren't on the investigation unit anymore, officer. Ouch, using officer instead of detective. Again, referring back to this event that we do not know of yet, but that is clearly very impactful. And now we have a flashback where we see Lauren um, screaming. It's a lie. He's lying. We see a person in the background lying with red text. We don't see what he's saying. And it looks as though Lauren is being restrained by her fellow police officers. So that's the flashback we have so far of this mysterious event that happened to get her demoted (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. you know i'm always reminded um especially when you bring up your like your perceptiveness about lauren's impulsiveness and her temper and how that's related to the fact that um she can see the lies and it just like narrows her entire Focus and understanding of the world to that statement in front of her at that time. And like she has to respond to it in like black and white, do or die kind of terms. And it sets her up for such an interesting dynamic with Kieran, who has shut all his emotions off and deals only in the long term and deals only in the big picture and the long game. And the deception and like playing everything just exactly right to like get to this end goal, whereas Lauren is like instant by instant by instant. Um, and I like I hadn't even really noticed that dynamic until you brought it up the first time, and then you did, and it just puts them into such phenomenal re- relief. They're like perfect foils for one another with that. Oh,
2: They're really kind like of. That. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I I was just, her talking about it kind of reminded me about the same kind of thing, just thinking about her character like that. Um, But this scene particularly with with Herman following that line of logic that she is so, you know, narrow-minded, obsessed. But I feel like that because of that, she's a character that self-deprecates all the time. She does not have a ton of self-work. And I can just, I I can just um, envision like she's sitting there, And Herman is reading her the riot act and she's just feeling enraged, humiliated, helpless. And I, we don't have any like inner dialogue there, but all I can think of is on the look on her face. She's like halfway agreeing with him, halfway upset that he's right, because you can't really disagree with him because her judgment did get all skewed, but she's like probably yelling at herself inside. And I that makes me really sad
1: (laughs) yeah she doesn't see the part that she plays in the whole picture that's yeah and kieran like the part he plays in the big picture and doesn't actually like see himself you know
2: Mm -hmm. know, it's hard to be objective
0: I didn't think so much about what does lauren think of herself in terms of self-confidence and self-appreciation like we definitely know that kieran hates himself basically um lauren i don't get like an unhealthy sense of self from her except but except for like the realities where she does is upset at herself for
1: the mistakes Mm -hmm. that she made yeah like she doesn't she beats herself up really badly but she doesn't like she hasn't compartmentalized her entire identity to function right
0: well she definitely takes on way too much guilt like unreasonably so she blames herself for everything that things are out of her control
1: there's no compartmentalization for lauren (laughs) and Karen is all compartmentalization
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah isn't it lovely i love when we get foil when i learned that word in like literature class in high school i was like that's the best word ever i loved it so much same (laughs) yeah (laughs) So Herman uh, continues to basically tell her, I don't want your involvement. He says, if you recall any additional details of his appearance, please report them to the detective in charge of the case. The investigation unit will follow up on any clues. But truthfully, I would rather you didn't involve yourself in this any further. You've embarrassed us enough in the past.
1: Ouch. That that is death by a thousand cuts. Those like six panels right there.
2: But also, yeah. he's being such a turd that I find myself ignoring said good points because he is being such a butt like mm-hmm. that it, you're an embarrassment line cooks my cookies every single time
0: <laughs> yeah and Lauren's face you know she's all like they're all close together it's it could also you know it could kind of look romantic if you don't read what it says <laughs> but you know she's clearly devastated like this is you know she was trying she was very conflicted about what to do. She decided to come clean and now he rejects her. So I mean, we're happy he did because we don't want to see, you know, Kieran arrested by the entire police department that night. But, you know, yeah, it was it's crucial to the rest of the story because she tried to come clean and he rejected it. So oh well, I guess she has no choice. She's yeah. gotta team up with him.
1: It's one of the rules. Like if you listen to the if you listen to the protagonist in the first episode that just roll credits. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, that, I like the little arc though, because they've already established that she is a moral character. So the idea that she would, like, all right, sure, I'll team up with a serial killer, that's fine. Um, but instead, they have this couple chapters of Buffer where she actually goes through the thought processes of why she. Well, I shouldn't say should do this because anyone in the right mind should not teal up with a serial killer, but um <laughs> but she goes through the thought process of you know changing her mind and actually teaming up with him and that we get to see that. Because like you said, if it was just like sure, I'd be questioning her for all of her morals. Like you cool. agree too easily, honey. I don't care if he's cute. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he gets cold away now, um, with the with a call, and he does compliment her. You know, he says, "I know you are exceptionally talented, but you're too personally involved for me to allow you to investigate the Phantom site again." Which uh, I think is a hundred percent true. She really is.
2: Yeah, they,
0: you're thinking and actually will be biased. No, yeah.
2: I might be by myself here, but with Herman, I feel like there because he doesn't lie in the story. Really, um I don't know if is there anything I, from Herman I don't that's think never lied. Lied. Yeah. Um, but lies of omission I think are really big with Herman because I'm still not convinced that he is singling her out purely for her mistake. I, um, I'm i I'm, almost positive that either he's received orders from everybody else or he's got a bone to pick with the uncle or something like that. There's more to it. I convince me I, otherwise.
1: I, I won't be convincing you otherwise because I'm on that same train and I don't have an itemized list of why I think that but it is a gut feeling and I'm mm-hmm yeah i'm there with you so um
0: i don't know i don't i mean i i could see the the parts where you know based on what other characters have said with that it would be something personal i don't suspect him as being like part of the phantom scythe or anything i think he just is a harsh kind of personality um but you know willing to
2: be surprised i don't think he's <laughs> like, part of the phantom scythe but i do think he is i don't know there's something more to lauren being held back than meet the eye i don't I don't think he's yeah. part of the, per- the phantom site, though, so.
0: And he tells her uh, good advice. <laughs> Perhaps should consider spending your nights sleeping instead of theorizing so you can be ready for actual duties. I'm very pro-sleep. As I, The older I get, the more pro-sleep I am. I really support that. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you're about to leave for patrol. Have a good day, officer. And Lauren just has this grimace on her face, and she says, after all this time, one mistake is all it takes.
1: I mean, in fairness... We find out that it was a pretty big mistake. So, Mm -hmm. like, quality over quantity. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be that person. But, like, you did, you messed, you, you did bad.
2: You did bad. Head through window, not good thing. (laughs) Not good
1: things. Like Herman. That's
0: the the kind of thing people get fired over. (laughs)
1: Herman is kicking you while you're down, but he's not wrong. (laughs)
2: yeah but it's a it's a good point for how trust takes years to build and can be burned down in one day it's all it takes one bad day one half day
1: herman doesn't trust her because she's too deeply involved with like wanting the fan to take down the phantom scythe to do good work while she's about to go meet Double agent from the Phantom Side to take down the Phantom Side, <laughs> proving his entire plan. Exactly. Lauren appears to be missing this fact.
2: Yeah, so we said that last uh, podcast, and we were talking. Uh, my word for last uh, chapter was irony, but then it continues like the the full. It's it's Thank such you. an ironic situation. It's
1: hysterical from
2: that standpoint.
1: One mistake is all it takes. Well, Lauren, you're about to make a second one. That's going to make <laughs> the first one look like a typo. <laughs> If anybody finds out, you're going to die. Yeah.
2: Like, oh, I used too much force on a perp. Okay, well, um, best decision after this, go team up with Seal Killer, and that'll fix everything. Exactly. So,
1: yeah, Lauren, one mistake is is all it takes. You clearly did not learn your lesson. (laughs) I fully support your decision here, but you didn't learn your lesson. Those two things are not mutually exclusive (laughs) what i want you to do versus what you should do correct
0: (laughs) well it's so delightful to see people being human and then we have a great story too so
1: (laughs) yep she's our she's our messy sleep deprived starved baby we will hold her down and make her eat food and then take like feed her melatonin until she takes a nap and then (laughs) Maybe she will start making some slightly better decisions, like not yelling at everybody when they're only halfway done with their sentences. <laughs> you know? We'll start- I like to think
2: that life is a series of bad mistakes and us learning from them and then making them again. And that's just what life is, so.
1: Pretty much. Pretty much.
2: With a couple good ones snuck in there because, you know, we can't be awful all the time. Because yeah, I like to hope
0: oh actually i wanted to ask um we do have some extra time before like we finished earlier than i thought we would do you want to do some bonus questions for this episode oh, sure sure okay because i have it like for the patreon and i haven't been doing it for purple Hyacinth really <clears throat> mainly because the episodes have been so so long that i just didn't feel we had time but we do have time now so i'd love to do that do you have anything you want to say about the episode before we do that
1: i love the I, the musician in me just loves the music for, for these. I was reading all the way back through and I got really wrapped up in the music for episode 6 and like the symbolism of perfect fourths and perfect fifths mm-hmm. and then like minor scales and I just, the little dee 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 like the plays in this episode when they're all in the office just cemented this scene in my heart and soul as I love these characters and they are my precious babies and nobody touched them.
2: (laughs) And just ditto on that. I've recently started taking soundtrack lessons. And so I listen to the music so much more critically than I used to, because I'm like, okay, how is this put together? What is the mood? What is the feeling? And I love it. I just, I love it. Awesome.
0: That's, it's great that you have that like added knowledge. Because, I mean, I know a little bit about music, but not much. And so it's really cool to hear, like, when you know something, you can analyze it best.
1: Yeah. And like the, bump, beep, 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 beep. that is, it's just, it is the perfect balance. Like, it's not too in your face, but it is clearly people who are too cheerful on a Monday. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the mood. It's perfect. It's so perfect. Have any
0: um, final, final overarching thoughts on this episode? I don't think so. Okay, so we will move on to the bonus questions. Thank you to my current patrons: Susie, Lady Libris, Cat, Chelsea, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Dahlia. Saucy Tuggles, Meg, and Anne Rose. I really appreciate your support.